1: I think we got a full house. Uh, man, let's, let's uh, get started here. Uh, just want to make sure uh, this is the evangelism two. Uh, and then there's also kind of the level three. But don't get intimidated by that. If, if you're trusting God uh, to go to a field, uh, there's a lot of useful teaching that's going to be over there. So if you need to be there in the other class, uh, that's, that's just right next door. And then I think the, the Bible study, Uh, evangelistic bible study uh, discovery bible study method that's in the main sanctuary right in the main sanctuary Uh, so uh please if if you need to be there be there uh but we're going to be focusing on uh international ministry for the for today and tomorrow and then if you get through that we'll reward you with brian clark man there's no excitement brian clark Man, I'm telling you, that's the man right there. You wanna hear from uh, him? So if you don't come back tomorrow, it's okay, but come back uh, on Saturday morning, ten thirty. Uh, he's gonna be talking about the gospel course, uh, which is which is you know really really good. So uh, praise God. Okay, so are we are we ready? Okay, good. I feel like I feel like we already got a full meal. From this morning, man, I just feel like, man, I think we're good. <laughs> and I just like, okay, you know, to add on to that, man, my pastor asked me to do so, so I'm doing it. I don't want to disappoint him. Um, but, man, let's let's trust God, right? Just capacity a bit this morning. Uh, man, there's more people coming in. Uh, man, kid, or anyone, can we get more chairs in here maybe? I don't know how to... Okay, maybe we need to just wait a second. (laughs) Yeah, let's get more chairs in here. Yeah, make sure our guest has a place to sit. Make sure I guess that's a place to sit. Yeah, yeah. Man, please, right here. Yep. There's two seats right here. Yes. Good. Cool. <laughs> yes. That's my wife, by the way. She, she, she's training for the missions. <laughs> They're going to start there. Okay, a man can someone uh, someone bring in chairs? Okay, so we're good there. Cool. All right. (laughs) Maybe a few over here. No, 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 no. Please don't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's not do that. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, I, I I have to confess to you guys uh and, and kind of repent. You know, when my pastor asked me to do a track on uh international ministry, and, and I'm like, man, I feel like I've done that so many times. Why do you ask me to do it again? And I'm like, okay, we'll do one, and no, do two tracks. And uh, I was like, I don't know, man, I don't know who wants to listen to this. And now I'm like, <laughs> so many people here, but hey, that that might change for tomorrow. So after you listen to this, so uh, we'll see. Uh, but we are going to be talking about international ministry uh, and how strategic it is. And uh, so so, so uh, there's, there's kind of five things I want to, uh, uh, you know, to you guys this morning and then get out of here by 12. PM. And number one is some of the key facts regarding international students in USA. Okay, I'm going to cover that. Uh, I want to give you a, a brief vision update on where FOI, what FOI is about. Uh, and then uh, three, uh, testimony of international students. So we're going to have three international students that was reached through the ministry. I want uh, you guys to hear directly from them. And then they're going to share a bit about, uh, you know, what they think is effective to reach people group, if you will. So that will be helpful. Uh, and then number four, I'm going to preach on Nehemiah chapter one and kind of use that as a framework, uh, on how to start an, an FOI ministry. And I'll put in kind of my experience, uh, uh, with that. And then finally, we're going to do a small Q and a, maybe five, five minute Q and a, uh, with just any questions that you guys might have regarding international ministry. Um, so that's, That's the plan uh, for this morning. Let's pray and jump right into it. Cool? Okay. All right. Father, we we thank you uh, so much, uh, Lord, for for this conference, uh, for this morning, particularly. uh, Just, uh, wow, I just feel so full already. I feel so blessed. I feel encouraged and stirred up. And, uh, Lord, I I just uh, pray that everything we heard uh, this this morning uh, from Pastor James, Lord, that we'll remember that, that, uh, Lord, you want us to fight a good fight of faith because, Lord, you want us to finish strong and finish well and be able to celebrate with you at the judgment seat of Christ. And, uh, Lord, there's so much work to do and feels like not enough time to do uh, the work. And, uh, and so much it is about our heart uh, because, Lord, our hearts sometimes have a heart of unbelief, uh, Lord, and, uh, and, and, and laziness even. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, this morning, would you give us uh, faith to hear your word again, uh, Lord, that we might come like that woman in the well, Lord, uh, full of faith. And and if she could just touch the garment of Jesus, Lord, that she would be made whole. And I pray, Lord, again, would you increase our capacity to learn, our capacity to trust you even more this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, please keep, keep finding seats. I think there's a few more seats here. Uh, but, but here, uh, let's go on the slides, Jillian. Okay, all right. So uh, I want to show you first kind of what's happening uh, with the international student trend. So since 1949, well, since it, where it's recorded, we have an upward trend of international students coming to America, you know, and then America is just a place that people want to come and learn from, and because it's the most advanced, most successful, and that hasn't stopped in the chart. I mean, now we have about one million students that come to the U.S. every single year, every year, And, and then that just go a million to a million and a million, and I'm sure you, you know, if you've been a, around campus, you will see a lot of international international students around your campus. So there is an opportunity here, right? Because God has called us what to go into all nations and all nations are coming here to the U S and, and we're going to uh, talk a bit of a strategy in terms of not just them coming and then reaching them here, but also trusting God to train them and see them back and reach their, their own people. We're going to talk a bit more, Later, but but that there is an opportunity here, and I don't uh, know whether people really see this as a gold mine. I I, I really do. I see this as a gold mine because they're at your turf, right? They're at your turf, and you have the comfort of everything here. And all you have to do is just drive twenty minutes down the road, right? Or, or go thirty minutes to the airport and pick up a student up, and you get to have cross-cultural ministry right there. Right, and you don't have to surrender even anything at all, you know, just like what Pastor James was talking about, man. Starting with the easier grounds, easier fight, man. To me, this is no brainer. Like, man, we got so many people coming in, but the reality is uh, not many of them are reached. Okay, that's the reality. The sad reality there's some facts written uh, and and researched, like, like eight out of ten international students. Uh, in their four-year degree program, never set foot in an American home. Crazy, crazy stats, you know, and, and, and so there is an opportunity here. Uh, next slide. Okay, and so just, just a bit uh, uh, info in terms of demographic who are coming, as you can see, uh, China and India uh, being the biggest, and then Saudi Arabia, not too far, uh, and then all, all these other countries. And, and think about it. In terms of just total population, do you know that almost one in every two person on this earth are either Chinese or Indian? (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) I mean, that's yeah. We got an Indian right here. Danny is with us, and he's gonna share a bit tomorrow, right? How to reach Indian people? But look at look around you. How many Indian people are in this room? Right. How many uh, Chinese people are, uh, are represented in this room? Uh, not too many. If you look at churches, not too many. Right. So there is a lot of work to do. And, and man, they are coming by the droves. And so you, you got to know, man, if you have a heart for certain countries, man, they, they all come. They all come. But these are just the, the major groups of uh, countries that come uh, to the U.S. Next slide. Okay, and then this is just where do people uh, mainly go to? Okay, so one out of three international students uh, would study in California, New York, or Texas. So those are the bigger, uh, you know, cities. And so, you know, international students like to go to the bigger cities. But also, they are really spread out all over. They're really spread out all over. And I want to make this point. Even though you're not in the major cities, you can still reach the, the smaller cities. Right where they are present. So, for example, even here in Kansas City, we're not one of the biggest uh, you know, uh, city where, where international students come from, but we have enough, right? And, and man, if we can just find those faithful men and women out of that lot, right? Man, praise the Lord. And even in these big, big groups, sometimes it's harder because they already have so much of them and they form their own community really quickly and it's harder to penetrate where it's a smaller group really uh, you get to be uh, more of a help to them, more of a friend to them because they don't have as many uh, of their people uh, with them. But having said that, another way to look at it, you know, if if you want to trust God to, you know, to plant a church or to have international, uh, international ministry, this would be good places to, to go start a work. And so recently we just have Pastor Mike Renault go to Boston, right? And, and and planted a church there and he is trusting God to see international students getting safe and and you know Boston right full of international students I mean one of the top top areas where we see international students um oh real quick and then if you want to if you want to see how many international students are in your area just go to U.S. News right if you go there You can actually see uh, how many students are actually within your area. And and I I found out like, man, UMKC, I thought was the biggest in Missouri. It wasn't. It was the, I think, third or fourth uh, in Missouri. I'm like, wow, okay. I thought we were one of the bigger ones. Uh, So so feel free to go there and and do some research in terms of the location uh, where you are from. Okay, Uh, next slide. Okay. So this is kind of the fields of studies that international students choose. And if you look at them, a lot of them are kind of the science and technology fields. Uh, Just, just, yeah. So you know the background. A lot of people want to study those things in the U.S. and how cool it is to be able to share the gospel to people that are going to be influential in the marketplace, right? Again, man, God is for all people, right? Rich and poor, but man, are reaching those people in the marketplace if you get them in the in the in the corporate world a bit too late sometimes they're they're already kind of busy and into their career man you get them when they're at school where they're still open their worldview isn't completely settled yet what what an opportunity okay next okay so what is the vision of, of the international ministry for, for, for us, for FOI. It's, it's just these three words, right? And, and these are, you know, not new ideas. They're from Jesus Christ in John chapter 17, right? It's, it's number one, man. We're trusting God to win them, win them. And we, we, we can talk more practical things, but it's, it's always true relationships, right? True relationships. And we're trusting God for, for God to really change us first, Right? Because we don't want to conjure up any uh, you know, fake stuff. You know? It just never lasts. Oh, yeah, I'm just fishing so that I'll see how many people I can reach. Man, God, you know, it's not going to last. God wants to change us and then through us, change into his image. Man, there is true compassion, true love, which we're going to see in Nehemiah here later here. And then we can reach other people correctly. Right. And then they can see and experience the real deal. And then the second thing is disciple. You know, once we win them to Christ, clearly, man, they they need to be disciple. And I'm one of those people that that accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but wasn't disciple for at least three to four years. And I didn't know uh, how to read my Bible. And when I first got disciple and someone took me under their wing and I'm like, wow, I, I just thought these were stories, you know, uh, but, but I didn't know that this Bible have, have, all the answers to my life. And when I saw that, I'm like, oh my goodness, I cannot put it down. I need to know. I need to know. I need to know. I keep asking questions. I think my discipler, uh, was definitely very tired of me, uh, being a, a disciple of him at that time, but man, I couldn't, I, I got so many questions. What does that mean? What does this mean? What is like, what is the context of here? How do I compare scripture to scripture? And people need to know that, okay? And then finally, uh, go. Uh, go, you know, f- you know, again, depending to the context, right? Because depending to when you fish that person, if that person gets to stay a bit longer, they get disciple, they get envisioned, right? To, to have a, a view that, man, my life is, you know, in Christ and it's for Christ. And, and so they are more in a prepared place to go and we want to then partner with them to go and see churches planted all over the world. And what's, you know, so, so I had this this tall order dream back in 2011 ish. uh, When I came back, you know, from, from, from England and uh, just, man, how cool that, how cool is that to trust God with that. And I never knew how that was going to go and so on, but you know what it's, It's happening okay it's happening go to the next slide please okay so okay so now we have like people that we have trained up right over the years and and man they have a vision to see churches planted in their home country so we have like uh, Miyoko from Japan we have uh, Jeanette from Nairobi Kenya we have Natalie uh, who, you know who's disciple here, she's from Hong Kong and of course uh, you have Vietnam, okay? And, and tonight you're going to hear a bit about uh, Vietnam. I'm going to share a brief kind of update on where we're at, but we're trusting God to see uh, an annual model church planted uh, in Vietnam and, and more, right? All, all because it started from an international ministry, if you will, right? Small fights. Right. And you're gonna hear tonight that that doing that small work here prepared us to go to the field. That was harder. So when we went to Vietnam and do ministry, just you know, not not it wasn't that hard. I mean, like it was hard, but it wasn't that hard because it was very similar to what we were already doing here, if you will. And so that you know, a call to mission is called to preparation. Man, it's not just a saying. It's it's the real deal. If you do that training, and, and go into a few fights and do it well, and disciple you know make disciples cross culturally. If you know if that's what God wants, right? Is that man all nations, all nations represented in the judgment seat of Christ, and many more. And um, so so that is actually happening. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. That that's actually happening. And so I want you to see this because I want you to see the vision that you can have also for you and your home church, right? You and your home church that this, this from small beginnings, right? To now people like, man, I'm in vision and I want to see uh, a disciple making church planet in my home church. Okay. So uh, I think the next Uh, thing is we're going to hear a few testimonies, three testimonies in particular. So, Simon, uh, you're going to come up, and then uh, after that, we're going to have Mankit, and then after that, Brian. Okay, so what they're going to do is share, uh, okay, two minutes on kind of how they got saved, right? Um, And so you can hear it firsthand, right? Man, how how did they come to Christ from a cross-cultural perspective? And then number two, they're going to answer the question on, if you meet a Chinese girl right in whatever context in a school in a restaurant or whatever, what are the two things that you they would, would be. Your own people and then the next one man kid is from Hong Kong is going to share from that perspective and then Brian is going to share. Uh, from a Malaysian perspective okay so they're going to do that and then i'm going to come back and, uh, and and share on Nehemiah. okay all right. Yes, you do yeah go ahead and i'll just.
2: So my name is Buming. Um I'm from China. Um, I'm going to share my how I... Yeah, go ahead. Um, so... <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So um, so I I before I came, my mom passed away because of cancer in 2011. And I was very heartbroken. Um, So I kind of like run away from my home country, came to Kansas City without knowing anyone but my best friend. And then um, I was very depressed. And I also was very hopeless. And then I wish that thing that happened in my family didn't happen. I wish my mom could come back, like, you know, in time. But it didn't happen. And then I was in a very terrible situation. And somehow God bought me to Andrew I met him at a Chinese restaurant so I was his server and then he just gave me the church location and that's how I came and that's how I um, come to church came to the bible study and I had so many questions about you know what is the truth you know how can I know this is the truth What well, the bible is not like man-made book you know all the different questions and then so and then until Month after months, and then they just being patient and explain to me, what does it mean of the gospel? What does it mean of Jesus and Bible and salvation? And then I got it at that time. And then I understand that I'm a sinner. I'm so guilty, especially i done so many things to my mom. I didn't even have time to say sorry. And I love her so much. And I didn't even have time to say that I love her, but she's gone. And then I, I talked to the people that, who shared the gospel to me. I said that this is amazing, great, good news, but I cannot take it because I am the one that, who commit the mistake and I deserve the penalty. It's my culture. you know. If someone gives you the gift, you need to give them a better gift. You don't just take it. Um, And when they told me how Jesus Christ saved me, a gift of God, and I told them, no, thank you. I know that I'm not going to be happy for the rest of my life. I'm going to, you know, if there's a hell, I'm going to go in there. Until one day I was reading my Bible. And then I was remembering how much my mom loved me. Because all the months that she passed, all I thought about is about guilt. I forgot how much she loved me, how much... Thing that she had done for me and then i suddenly remember if she see that i'm going to hell guess what she's going to take my place because she loves me it's the same love of christ that died for me and then at that moment my brain clicked i said this is the love of god is i don't deserve it but he gave it to me because he loves me and then that's how i came to christ that's how I met these people, that's how they've been patient and explained to me, culture is different because in China, we are like a work based We don't receive the salvation or gift easily, but until you recognize there's a love and then you remember your family love you, your friend loves you, you will see the love in your life. They will remember, they will connect it to you. And then second hand, how we should minister to Chinese. Most of Chinese people, they think that Jesus is a Western culture. It's a religion, it's like you go to America and you will automatically become a Christian, but you go back to China, you still Buddhism. But however, when I told them, you know, God loves you and God loves everyone. It's not just like a Western culture, it's for everyone. And then, so it's not a religion, but a relationship. And then, so I met a girl, her name is Chloe. Many of them have shared the gospel to her, but she didn't understand at that time. And then many people told her that it's not about religion, it's a relationship. And she still didn't get it. And then I jumped into the conversation and I told her, you know, the Bible is not just like a textbook, it's a love letter the love mentioned in the Bible more than 500 times. It is the word of God. Do you want to open the Bible and to study the Bible with me and to talk about, you know, if you have any question in the Bible, I can be there and explain to you. So she said, yes, we had a Bible study for more than three or four months. And then she always come every week, didn't miss everything. And then when she came, I shared my testimony to her. I share how much God loves me, what's the relationship that I have with God. And then, however, when we open the Bible, she read a word and somehow, some way the God opened her heart and then she was able to share her relationship with her family, her memories, her things that she went through. So this is the relationship between me and her. We got to know each other better. It's not like one time you share the gospel to the Chinese and they will be ready. In that case, I will share next, but she was able to receive it. And then we got to know each other better. And then from the beginning that when we started Bible study, she was unbelief. She just saying that the Bible is not like a um, truth. It's just like a story until when we continue having the Bible study, I told her in a very simple way. Oh, there's another thing that you probably need to know that when you share the gospel or study the Bible with some foreigners, try to make it simple, use a story. Illustration at the end of the bible study when i have with chloe i told her you know we are just like uh, broken glasses It's no way that we can fix it no way that we can glue it back to the glass anymore once it's broken it's forever broken and then you click and then she remember wow she was just like the piece of the broken glasses Should her sink could never make her happy no matter how hard that she tried she could never be happy and then from that moment she believed, and then she was reading the Bible, but however, she has to go back to China, so I won't be able to disciple her. Um, but another thing about FOI is like, so oftentimes when we share the gospel to the people, we may not see them come to Christ. Sometimes when you see them come to Christ, you may not be able to disciple them, but it doesn't mean that God is finished. God is walking in the way that we don't see. We just be obedient and to do the work that God commands us to do. Sometimes one case, very quick, a Chinese student, her name is Carl. She came here for only one month. In my mind, there's no way that she can get saved. She only been here for one month, didn't understand English very well. However, she got saved on the second week. She came because God was working in her life way before she was in China. Her her dad was a Christian. Her mom wasn't a Christian. She saw how God walked in a different way to her parents, and then she wanted to became a Christian, but she didn't know. She didn't even understand what is the gospel because no one shared to her when she was in China until God brought her to Kansas City. Second week, she got saved. And then crazy thing is like last couple of weeks, there was a Korean girl that came to me I met her one time when she was in Kansas City. She's in Korean right now. She reached out to me and I didn't remember her at all. But she just like, I remember you I said, OK. And then so somehow we are talking and then I asked her, do you want to study the Bible on the Zoom? And then she said, yeah. So I'm going to have Bible study with her again on Monday, on Friday next week. This is like how guys, it's like even this girl, she left Kansas City. She still remembers me time. She still remembers some other people reach out to her. And then she reached out to me and wanted to have Bible study with me. So this is God's doing. It's just like, you don't need to know what is the result, what is the food, what is how can You don't see it maybe at that time, but God is still working no matter where it is. And one more thing important is prayer. Because you don't need a location. You don't need a time. You don't need anything. You just need your heart to commit to yourself, to pray for the souls. And God will work on it. That's it.
3: Hey, how's it going? So uh, my name is Mankit. So that's my sister. I'm Simmons' brother. So um, how do I start? So um, it start with her prayer. I was, uh, this is the time when um, you know, my, my mom passed away in um, 2012. So it's about eight years ago. It's been eight years. Um, she stopped praying, you know, after she got saved. And I was still back in Hong Kong and doing my thing. So the, um, Hong Kong is a bit different than, than China. Um, Hong Kong is, if you think about it, it's kind of like a temple folder. It's always hot. Big city, a lot of people in there. And then, you know, it's, it's a lot of people but in terms of the, the culture or, or the the gospel, it's, bre- it's, it's been preached. It's like there's a lot of people know the name of Jesus. They have the idea. It's same for me. It's like I, from first grade to 12th grade, I know the story of Jesus. I know like from, from, from Adam all the way to Jesus, you know, Abraham, all the stories. I heard about it, but ne- never click because it's like, my life is good. I don't need Jesus. I don't need Jesus. I, my life is good. So I heard a story, but I uh, never click. But uh, through the prayer of my sister, um, I came to the US for school uh, five years ago. Um, never really thought about that my, my sister would become a Christian. I didn't recognize that until I came here, landed. It's like, oh, my sister go to church. This is weird. This is different. But OK, I will take it. Um, but uh, however, um, you know, my sister, Help me to organize with the, you know, um, roommates and bring me to church. Um, I think I go to church is a fun thing. You know, I just came here um, because, you know, all my friends is here. You know, friends, it's like my friends and my sister. I just go to church. I go to church and I go to lunch and I play frisbee after, you know, Sunday. Fun day. Uh, never really thought about to become a Christian or whatever, you know. You know I don't really listen to it because it's like I've been, I cannot know about it. It's like, cool, I'm, I can become like a Christian. I can just go to church. Um, but God used um, a girl in my life. She's an international student in UMKC and uh, she's not saved. I met her. She liked me. I like her, but um, I wasn't really interested in a real relationship. at that time, uh, I wasn't ready or whatever for it. Um, my intention <laughs> with her is I just want to have sex with her. And that's my thing. Like at that time. So along the line uh, in Kaya College and Young Adult Ministry was preaching biblical relationship. Something dawned on me. It's like It talked about sex outside of marriage is sin. And even if you have thought about it, be committed. So I was like, what's a big deal? Um, but with that, it, it, it helped me to recognize the need of Jesus. It finally, the this, this story of the gospel dawned on me. It's like, that's why Jesus died for my sin. That's why well, he did everything. That's why the whole time he's ready, he's pursuing me. At that moment, it's like, what are you waiting for? God is asking, what are you waiting for? Um, I waited for one week. But that was the hardest week ever um, because when God is trying to get hold of you, it's so annoying, <laughs> you know, um, because every time when I see that girl, it's like, God is asking, what are you doing? You know the right way. Jesus is the way. What are you waiting for? Don't go back. Uh, I waited for one week, but on uh, September twentieth, uh, two thousand fifteen, that's the day. It's like I'm done. God, I'm done with my old life. I don't want to go back anymore. God, I want to follow you. You have loved me so much. I believe what all you have done on the cross, and 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 the gospel is true. So I that's how I got saved. But um, I'm kind of like the product of answer of prayer. How my sister pray, and the whole church pray, and many of you um, been to mission po- focus before. My sister brought it up. It's like, hey, Simon has a brother, and that's it. But I'm here now, so praise God for that. So, in terms of um, in terms of how to reach people from Hong Kong, um, I would say food. <laughs> um, I really like food personally. I love food a lot so i love good food and hong kong people has been spoiled with good food uh we have good food from all over the world and and the competition is really high so that you have to be good to survive there's just you know in terms of the restaurant so when in here we don't get as much you know so good food homemade good food you invite them to to your house you invite them to the to your house and to just have a good time Eat with them, be friend with them. That's just one way to reach their um, their hearts. It's like then they start talking about their life, you know, because think about it. They left their family, right? They like think about me. I I, I came here, it's like with two suitcases. I didn't bring my friends, didn't didn't bring my parents, just two suitcases. I lost, you know, kind of like each, I try to connect with my friends for the first few months back in Hong Kong, but it's like, it's just the time difference is really hard. And you start losing connect. And you know, it's like our life is, you know, school is going. But it's like, so be with their friend, real friend. Uh, invite them to your family and your friends and holidays. And there's many, you know, Christmas, we don't really have Christmas. We have Christmas, but it's like it's not like here. Thanksgiving, it's not like here. So it's like if you're able to invite them with food and, and like tr- have them to, to experiment, experience, the culture is, is a good way to reach their heart to be with, be friend with them. Um, the second thing I would say is be a real friend. Um, Sometimes it can come through, like the mindset is, hey, if you're not interested in the gospel, I'm just going to leave you. They can smell it. That's <laughs> just, it's true. It's like, yeah, you just want me to come to church. You don't want to really to be my friend. Um, but friends of internationals, that's our name. So be friend, real friend, good friend. Be, be there for them with their good time, in a good time, bad time. Talk to them, you know, be there for them. And, and many of us have gone through school and everything, you know, help them to figure it out. Hey, what is the trajectory of life? And one thing they brought it up is like, what is the purpose of life? It's like, or you, like to talk about deep things, right? As you know, win their hearts and talk about all those things. Um, be real friend with them. That's um, one of the good ways to um, minister to them, so that the gospel can be tre- preached. And then there is like more open doors. They will ask you questions. They will come for you to, for counsel. It's like things like that. And there's many doors. And and even if they don't get saved right then, I didn't get saved for 15 years. There's many many people back in Hong Kong invite me to church, Bible study. Many many of them, I said nah. I'm I'm good. They bring me basketball, I will go basketball. But nah, no thank you. But God used that to plant seed. God used that to grow that seed and then continues and then in, in that moment it click. And then that's how the person can get saved and yeah, befriend. So yeah.
0: Oh, I'm really nervous. This is a lot of people. That's my Papa and Christ, dear man. Kit, uh, he discipled me like a year ago. So, um, hi, my name's Brian. I'm from Malaysia. Oh wait, oh my mask. Oh, nice. All right. Um, so uh, I can see myself. All right. So my name's Brian. Um, I'm from Malaysia. Um, I'm studying computer science in UMKC, and uh, yeah, I I lost track. Give me a second. Um, So I grew up in um, sort of a mixed culture. So Malaysia is a multicultural um, country. There's a lot of different races. So I've been to church um, before as well with my mom usually. But um, one thing about the church there is that um, they're really um, hospitable. Uh, they they would uh, try to welcome you. But whenever I go there, man, um, the love they had for me um, felt really um, fake or superficial. And um, I always felt like, like an outsider. And um, they never really preached the gospel as well. So um, looking back at it now, um, God has always worked on my life. Um, There was one time I went to church. I wanted to know who is Jesus. I went down um, to the altar, but no one really preached the gospel to me. So after that, I kind of gave up and just went on to life, high school, university. But then um, when I went to university, there's this program called American Degree Transfer Program. So I studied like a year or two in Malaysia. And then after that, you transfer everything to the States. And um, I applied to three, three schools, um, two in Canada, and one um, in Kansas City. And Kansas City was the one that replied me the most, um, the fastest of a scholarship. So I came here and I contacted UMKC saying, hey, is there um, an airport pickup you guys have? And they don't have one. But one of the staff, um, Julie Myers, uh, she told me about FY, like, hey, there's a, a, a community that is willing to pick up international students. And that's how I met um, Andrew. He was the one that picked me up. And he said he was a Malaysian. And when I met him, I was weirded out because (laughs) um, the love he had for me was um, nothing I felt before. The love he had towards a stranger. It was crazy. I never felt it before. And then um, after that, we went to our Airbnb. And then I met um, Larry. I don't know if he's here. But I met Larry. And the same thing. The love he had for me was crazy. And then um, so I wanted to know more about the love he had, they had. So I, they invited me to prayer night, um, Bible study. And then um, on August 22nd, um, Andrew just asked me about the gospel. And that's when I came to Christ. Um, so one thing I would say about um, reaching out to Malaysians in particular is um, just to build relationships. Um, a lot of times uh, in uh, Malaysia, the love um, you have towards someone is when you want something from them. So I would say, man, just pour out the love you have for them, the love of Christ to them, and just to build relationships. Because normally uh, Asian cultures, uh, we're kind of like a closed culture, so we don't really share a lot of stuff personally with um, strangers. So start to build relationships with them, get to know them, and um, they will generally open up to you. And that's when you can ask them about spiritual stuff, like, hey, where do you think you're going after you die and stuff like that.
1: Thank you so much, Simon and Mankit and Brian. That was really good. I hope you guys find that useful, you know, and practical and helpful. Okay, so we're going to jump into the book of Nehemiah. We're going to use that as a framework to answer this question on how to start uh, an international ministry. And I would like to say really any ministry, you know, and the, the illustration is mainly from an international ministry perspective. But you can apply that to whatever ministry uh, that God uh, may entrust you with. And so Nehemiah chapter uh, one is where we're going to start, if you want to turn there. And, and, and I want to say that I want to use, you know, rather than just telling you about best practices and all, all you know, best execution, you, you know, you know this, right? It's, it's not by our best effort that we win Christ right? It's always true faith in Jesus Christ. And that's why we always have to come back to the word of God. And, and, and so happened that FOI is te- uh we've been going through Nehemiah. So man, God just gave me all the key points that I think is relevant um, to starting an international ministry. The second thing I'll, I'll put out there is a disclaimer. Uh, I don't uh, want to even mean to compare myself to Nehemiah. <laughs> okay. Man, Nehemiah is just a man that, you know, man of vision, man of leadership, man of compassion. And man, I'm just kind of work in progress, uh, still learning, still, man, just uh, just humbled to see the example of Nehemiah. So I uh, just want to put a disclaimer uh, out there, man. I'm not comparing myself to Nehemiah or the ministry to uh, to Nehemiah, but I do know that God's word uh, is powerful, right? And his his, his precepts is the real deal. And i if I knew what I knew today, man, I would have started ministry like that more. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. So, okay, Nehemiah, uh, book of Nehemiah. So Nehemiah chapter one, uh, let's read uh, verse one to four. Uh, of Nehemiah, the son of Hekeliah, and it came to pass in the month, Chislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews that had had escaped, which were left of the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days. Okay, so so uh, the context here is that the children of Israel, right, has been disobedient, uh, you know, has got into idolatry, and they they were you know captured and went into idolatry. Uh, the nation of Israel was split into two, ten tribes in the north and two tribes in the south, and so this. Two tribes in the south, you know, was in Babylon. They were in captivity for 70 years. And then you have uh, a Medo-Persia that conquered Babylon. And then they have something called the Edict of Toleration. They allowed the Jewish people to go back to their homeland. And so the context of of chapter one here is 90 years, 92 years specifically, after the 70-year captivity uh, for, for these two tribes of children of Israel the Bible says that they were in great affliction and reproach, great and affliction and reproach. And I want you to know that God intends to use the children of Israel as the light of the world, right? You know that is Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for the light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising, okay? But unfortunately, they didn't obey Christ, right? They didn't obey Christ, and so they suffer reproach and affliction. Okay, so, so the story here is their friends from that place came to Nehemiah and told them what's going on, right? And they said, man, our people are suffering, you know, and, 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 and the walls are broken down. And so, so you can imagine just in terms of their life, it's, it's ruined because enemies can come and attack any time they want because there's no walls in the city. Uh, so, so there's no security. Imagine, imagine living like that, you know, every day. How can you give glory to God when your life is always in danger? And then also reproach. Reproach is like shame, right? Because they, they know that they are people of God. They're supposed to thrive. They're supposed to do well, and yet they're in a place where there is just rubbish everywhere. There's rubbles everywhere, right? And people look, go past Jerusalem like, these are God's chosen people? I don't think so, right? And, and so, so but, but this one man, after 92 years, right? So not, you know, 92 years after they, they left from captivity, 92 years, this man heard the plight of these people, right? And it it broke him. It broke him to the point where we see in scripture, when he heard these words, he sat down and wept and mourned. Okay, so key point number one is ministry begins when someone has burdens for souls, right? Ministry begins when someone has burdens for souls, Okay, and and in this case, international ministry, right? International souls, and and, and we talked about, I mean, the people that that, that talk about the, you know, the, the, the you know the examples that they have in their life, is that, you know, is superficial, right? And we live in an age, where that there is a lot of this spirit of indifference, right? There's this apathy that uh, that's that's in our Laodicean culture. It's just that, it's not that I hate a culture or I hate an ethnicity group. It's just that it's, there's not enough burden, right, to, to, to do something about it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I got, I got my thing going on. There is just not enough burden to see souls come to Christ, right? And, and truth be told, man, thousands of people are going to hell, right, every single day because no one has a burden. To, to reach out to them, right? And hear the, the affliction that's going on. And, 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 you know, just everywhere I go, like you, you look at, like even Vietnam, you, you know, things may look good in the surface or other places, but when you dig deep into the lives of people, you, you see so much destruction. Even, even here in Kansas City, you see that. When people are without Christ, right, their life uh, is an affliction and reproach. There's, there's no other option. Right? That's because that's the fruit of the spirit. We see the example from Jesus. Right? Jesus, you know, in John chapter four, he says, I must go through Samaria. I must go through Samaria. Why? Why? Because she you know Jesus wanted to meet this Samaritan woman. Right? And and, and it cost right because it's not the direct route to go to where he needed to go. It inconvenient him. And it's also not culturally, right, the right thing to do to meet a, a, a woman at a time who is Samaritan, right? And so, so, man, for Christians, the first thing, right, is, man, God, please give me a burden for souls, for international souls, right? For people that looks like me, but also people that don't look like me or don't smell like me, right? Because <laughs> uh, they eat different fruit and you, you can smell on them, Right? Uh, Paul, man, Paul was stirred, uh, was stirred in him when he was in Athens, right? His spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. He was jealous for God, right? It's like, how can this be? Man, this is, this is unacceptable, unacceptable. And so, so because of that, Paul had so much zeal, right? He disputed with the Jews, right, in the synagogue, every opportunity he has. It caused him to have action him to have action. And so so this example, right, is, is now in COVID season. It's as if with, we have the vaccine, right, to save someone from COVID and we don't do anything about it, right? And it's as if we, you know, use this illustration uh, also, right? It's like we, we, we see a neighbor's house on fire, right? And we're just like next door and we're like, oh yeah, fire. Yep, okay. Let's, okay, but let's get back to our work. Let's get back to our TV, right? And we don't say anything about it. We don't warn that, that neighbor and say, whoa, 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 whoa. There's fire, right? There's fire in your house and, and you got to get out and, and there's urgency in there, right? We got to trust God. We gotta trust God to have burdens for souls, and that comes through the next thing here. The, the, the second key point we see in Nehemiah chapter four uh one verse four is that he fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. That's key point two. To start a biblical ministry, we need to see our need to fast and pray. Because the next thing is right, the biggest temptation is to just do it, to do quick, quick stuff, like oh yeah, yeah, I'll do Oh, whatever and we when we do that we almost act in the flesh you know i remember right even you know uh, you know lisa <laughs> back in the days right many years ago i mean she came and it was full of zeal and and she was ready to minister at costa rica was that Costa peru okay south america same same okay right peru right but but man uh but but uh, you know, and and Lisa, you know, um, submitted, right to 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 the pastors here, and then she she realized, man, I, I still need more training, right, and I still uh, need more preparation before I go to the field, and but she was ready, right. Was, was there any regret not going? Yeah. There's no regret. Why is that? Um, this the process. The time and. Just <sighs> And I'm telling you, uh, if you know Lisa, you know what I mean. I mean, just incredible Bible study leader, incredible worship leader, and and that's because my wife discipled her. And uh, so, so, so anyway, <laughs> no, but she is, she is, she is so different. Like man, now I mean, just so different from just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go, let's go, let's do it, let's do it, let's do that, right? And and not realize, man. We, we, we need more training, right? We need to, we need to pray and we need to, uh, fast and pray. And, and I think about myself too, you know, when, when I went to, uh, London, uh, man, I feel like I wasn't as prepared as I needed to be. And I tell, I even tell Brian that, and I wasn't bathed in prayer. You know, I, I wasn't bathed in fasting for the people of London. and And my attitude was like, man, I'm, I'm a gifted evangelist here in Kansas city at, a, you know, uh, you know, 2005. And I'm like, man, I, I, I led quite a number of people to Christ. And so I'm going to show Brian a few things here, man, <laughs> break, break unleash the beast. And, and I'll, I'll show him a few things. And of course, of course, you know, uh, God has a, a good way of humbling you. Right. And man, I got my butt kicked hard in, in London. And, and, and first two years don't even see one person come to Christ and, and Christ's like, man, you forgot it's me. You, you forgot it's me. And, and so um, ooh, we need to fast and pray, right? We got to have a, a real burden uh, for people. You know, if it's not real, if it's not from God, Man, then we're faking it. We're, we're playing at it. You know what I mean? Like, why do it? Like, why, <laughs> why waste time and do that? Like, I saw do something else because at the judgment seat of Christ, all things will be revealed. <laughs> and you're like, wood, stubble, wood, <laughs> stubble, wood. Oh, I think that's one piece of nugget right there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, ooh, yeah, right there. That's you. Man, I don't want to be that person. Right. And and God is so good because He just has a way to put you in processes, even when you make wrong decisions, to put you in a place where He can humble you and get you to a place where you need to be. And so so that the, you know, the Bible says in First Corinthians 1 that no flesh should glory in his presence. Right? That that is the key. Like that is the key. When I want to do a ministry, I don't want to like because my ideas were so good, because I was this person, I was that, no, no, not at all. And so there's a lot of work that needs to be done uh, in our heart, and it starts with prayer and fasting, right? Prayer and fasting, because, you know, prayer, you know, it, it, what, what is prayer? I mean, it's coming back to the Lord's prayer. It's coming back to God's will, right, and His plan, His agenda all about Him and not about my plans, my agenda, my will. And then what fasting does. Fasting takes away a lot of the, the strongholds in our life, right? A lot of the fleshly stuff that just doesn't want to get away. And man, the, the, the fasting just helps us and reminds us, man, I the flesh is strong in my life and I don't want to give up on things in my life. And so fasting reminds me and put me in a place where I need to rely on God. And so those two things are so important. And Nehemiah recognized that, right? He didn't like, okay, let me send a check because I'm the cupbearer. I got access. I got network. He didn't do all of that, right? What he did was come to a place where he just cried, sat down, wept, right? And, and fast and prayed because he knew to in order to do the real work, he needed. And so, in, in order for us to start a ministry, we can't just like, okay, let's let's get all these things, logistic stuff, and all that has its place, and all of that is necessary, all of that is important, but not before the prayer and fasting, not before, right? It's seeking, God wants to use that process to mold us to that person so that the heart is right, you know, so... The countenance is right. The spirit is right. And so when we go out and minister, it is full of light, right? And otherwise, what, what people will see is, wow, man, that is a slick ministry you got there. Man, that was pretty efficient, you guys. I mean, everything is to the T, man. Sweet, you know, even has that smoke for, for, for worship, you know. Uh, so uh, what do you call that? Uh, like ice, ice machine or something. A uh, fog, fog, fog. But they they don't need use ice, dry ice, right? Dry ice to kind of get the effect. Okay, so verse 7 and 10, let's let's keep going here. And so so Nehemiah in his prayer says, We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgment which thou commandest thy thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, if ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if ye turn unto me and keep my commandment and do them, though they were were of you cast out of the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set uh, my name there. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. And so my next key point here is the blueprint found in the Bible is enough. Okay, the blueprint found in the Bible is enough. Another way to say it is the Bible is enough. The Bible is enough, right? Nehemiah remembered through his prayer the instruction that God has already given, has already given to his forefathers. And he, rem- he remembered that and it's like, okay, so if I follow God, okay, on what he already said, then I will get God's results. If I don't follow God in what he already said, then I would not get God's results, but I would get this, affliction and reproach, right? And so we see over and over again in the Bible, like like Book of Joshua, you know, uh, that that you know, that that God may teach different strategies to, to Joshua. You see that, you know, they circle the, the, the Jericho. And then in other cases, they, they bait people out and then ambush them. But do you know the central piece that is in their strategy is trusting in God's instruction? Which is his word, which is what he says. So some, some of the stuff that you say doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, march around Jericho and it will work <laughs> right i mean some of the stuff he says doesn't make sense the instruction doesn't make sense but if you obey it okay it will work and that's the thing we see in scripture there's so much in there that i, I don't know whether even i have time to cover that god has given me just verses and that verses became the theme of the whole ministry and that 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 those verses was what made the international ministry is actually Acts 2.41 to 47, you know, for, for us is, is so crucial because, you know, we identify that that we want the real deal, right? And Acts 2.41 to 47, we saw the real deal. We saw a group of people that got safe, and they were from different areas. They didn't know each other. They came to the Pentecost and they, they got saved and And the apostles there, was able to give them, uh, really, you know, you can say it's three things or it's four things, but it's the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, right? It is, uh, it is prayer and it's fellowship, right? Apostles' doctrine, which is the word of God, fellowship, prayer, and then breaking of bread. And so when you come to a ministry, you will always see those things. And that's why we have food. Every, every Thursday we will have food. Then every other Thursday we'll have like a special food. Right and and food has magic, right and and man, we are training to be hospitable. I mean, I'm telling you, man, do you know that people would drive long ways to go for good food? I, you know, people would travel long distances uh, to get good food. And, and so anyway, we we're just like that. Those are just that's just one example, right? That the Bible is enough. Like all oh, from there, and we, we 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 extract that principle principle from the Bible, and we use it and. And then we see this, this love fest that happened in our ministry, in our fellowship, because we trusted God right in his word. And we know that we, we, we are just not loving people. <laughs> you know, I don't know how, how, how else to say that. We're just not, I am mean, intrinsically, I just do not have capacity to love people the way they needed to be loved. You know, I would I, be quick to say that. And, and only through the word of God and only through prayer, only through fasting, that God can use this special book to renew my mind and to give me new mind and heart and perspective that I then have something real to give to someone else, right? And that's how the ministry started and was so special. And, and we had someone in trouble and we all, you know, collected money and we gave to uh, Simon at that time who was like oh man thank you for sharing the gospel but I, I'm out of here because I ran out of money you know and and we collected uh, money many of you gave to that and and then she got to stay and she's still with us you know and now she's a bible study leader and she's led many people to Christ and so on and so on so the blueprint found in the Bible is enough okay so so what let's 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 go on to the next verse verse 11. Uh, now, this is a special, another prayer, another special prayer uh, that, that Nehemiah is praying. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. Okay, so th- he's now praying a very specific prayer. And, and, uh, and, and if you look at the, the timeline, you know, we don't know uh, exactly how long, but there's a four-month period between verse one and chapter two. So so this is another prayer that he asks. And who is this, who is this person? Uh, uh, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. This man is the king. This is the king. So, so Nehemiah's solution was to go to the king and ask for blessing and help to do the work. Okay? Okay, so, so, uh, so you got to know the, the, the historical context to, to understand what, why is this uh, crazy. Because in the Persian culture, in the royal palace, you do not come in and just like, hey, man, You think I could borrow some money and king, is that cool? You know, there is a lot of formality that goes into you know the 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 kingdom, if you will. Even Esther has to ask permission to go to the king who is her husband, right? So there's a lot of protocol, and so what Nehemiah really is asking is is somewhat of a death wish, right? Because it can go terribly wrong. Like if the king is in a bad mood, you're in trouble, right? If he, you know, if you didn't say something right, he's like annoyed, offended by what you say, and that's it, okay? So, so key point number four is trusting God for a vision will cost you something. Trusting God for a vision in ministry will cost you something. And we know that, that Nehemiah has it good. He's not there. He's not at Jerusalem. He is in the palace. He's enjoying the king's meat. He's getting the choice wine, right? He's the cup bearer. He's like get to taste all the fine wines from all over the world. He has it good. Why risk your life and career and future to do this, right? Because a vision will cost you something, right? Uh, Going to Vietnam is going to cost me a lot, right? Right? Uh, it's a communist country, right? It's going to cost, it's going to cost something. I mean, Brian uprooting and, and going to London, it costs him a lot if you ask him and, and so on and so on. And so if you want to trust God for a ministry, whether it's international ministry or otherwise, if you want to do it properly, it will cost you something. It will cost you something. And uh, I remember, you know, um, yeah, for, you know you know what, I'll, I'll skip this part. <laughs> I'll skip this part, you know. Um, yeah, it, it cost me something, you know, to, to start a ministry. Okay, so let's, let's read uh, 11, verse 11b. 11, uh, and it, it says that, O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant. That's referring to him, mm-hmm. Nehemiah. And then, and to the prayer of thy servants. Okay, so Nehemiah was the one who got the news. He was the one who got burdened. He was the one who started to fast and pray. And now fast forward to verse 11. There are other people that are praying and fasting. Do you see that, right, in verse 11? And so the, the key point here is the vision and prayer, right, prayer life of the person who's initiating, right, should be contagious to other brothers and sisters in Christ. It should be contagious, right? When it's the real deal. Man, and and like, you, you can't stop talking about it because it's like, man, it's affecting every fiber of your, you know, the cells in your body. You got to like share because God has shown you something and you got to share. And that becomes not just your burden. It becomes the burden of other people as well. OK, uh, I, I, I remember Miyoko, you saw her in one of those pictures in the uh, Zoom meeting and she's Japanese and she was here with us. And man, she she got a burden for Penn Valley. Right. It's a local college here in Kansas City. And and Penn Valley isn't like one of the it, I don't know. To, it's not like the, the choice college that necessary you go to. Would you agree with that, Kansas City? Right. If you go to Penn Valley, I'm sorry. Um, But it's not like the the place you want to necessarily go to, to minister. But my heart, man, I I want to go to Penn Valley and I want to reach Christ. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's great. Good. You know, but she won't stop. It's like, oh, Andrew, but I have to tell you, you know. And, And so I say, let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. And you know what? Then more people rally around and pray. And today we have a Penn Valley ministry. Right, and and from there now there's two Bible study. Uh, pray for that ministry because they they're locking down the campus like so hard now. It's hard hard to get in there. And then Connor as well, right? Starting a ministry at KU was was also from, from this place of just praying, and then slowly uh, like man, how, how does this work? Like it's, it's, it feels like so hard to get people to come alongside with you. Do I make announcement? Do I do this? Do I do that? And and again, let's let's pray and ask God. And and she did just that. And, and then many people come and join the WhatsApp group and start praying and, and so on. And, and then now, now, now people um, are coming, right? And, and they're, they're fruit from that ministry. And so uh, our vision and prayer life should be contagious to other brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay, let's, let's move forward to Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 1. Okay. And it came to pass in the month Nisan. In the 20th year of Artaxerxes, the king, that wine uh, was before him, I, and I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now, um, I had not before time sat in his presence. Wherefore, the king said unto me, why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of hearts. Okay. Oh, Okay. Now, uh, the first point I want to make, though, is this is the month of Nissan, okay, uh, not month of Suzuki or Honda, but month of Nissan, Nissan, okay, and uh, this is like four months, four months after the month the of Chislu, back in verse one, okay, back in verse one, we have month of Chislu, so month of Chislu is from November to December, month Nisan is like March and April. So that's about four, uh, four months elapsed between chapter one and chapter two, verse uh, one here, okay, about 120 days. Okay, so spoiler alert, they, they took about 52 days to build the, the wall. Okay, if you look at the month they took to kind of pray and fast and mourn and, and wept before the Lord, right? It was twice the amount of what they actually do the work in, okay? Does that make sense? And sometimes we do so much work because we didn't do the work of praying up front, right? I mean, the 52 days is a miracle. It's like, how did they do that? Well, right there, chapter one was the key that unlocks it. It was this asking God, God, if you don't do the work, God, unless you build the house, we labor in vain. Right? So, so it took uh, twice as long. But I also um, want you to, to pay attention uh, on, 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 on the timing of God answer his prayer. Right? The timing of God. So he prayed this prayer in verse 11. He's saying, I want to talk to the king. Remember that? In verse 11, uh, he says, grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. That was his plan. But he didn't initiate that. Do you know that? He was waiting for the Lord. So four months passed and he didn't do nothing. He waited on the Lord for God's timing, you know? So how crazy is that? Oh, I, I pray. So let's go. Let's go and and do do the work in. Be, be, you know, uh, rash to again, take action. You know, take matters. I already prayed. Let's go. Why are we waiting? <laughs> let's go, you know? Man, this, you know, come on, you know, does that make sense, right? Sometimes we say we prayed and then we just go. But, but in this case, we see something different here. He didn't do that. He just waited on the Lord. And the cue of what was ready was when he couldn't even fake it anymore at his workplace. Okay? Because, you know, I mean, professionally, even if you're in a corporate environment, you don't bring your baggage to work, generally speaking. Right? You don't come up, oh, last night was really terrible. You know, you, you're a professional. You just, like, close that door and you go in and like, hey, hi, hi, hi hey, how's today? day? Oh, yeah, great. You know, and, and you, you know how to do that. But for Nehemiah, man, he couldn't even do that anymore. Like he's like maybe like God, when are you gonna answer? When when can I get that opportunity to speak? And it was not until like his countenance was just so like down, downcasted and so so like desperate and you know, like just so broken that that was the right time. <laughs> right? You're ready. God says, you're ready now, you know. And now, so, so so it was God's timing, okay? And so I want you to know, keep on the mistakes, do not force a situation, okay? Do not force a situation uh, or ministry to happen, but wait on the Lord. But wait on the Lord. Uh, wait on the Lord. And I got so many examples of this in my life that, that I have jumped the gun, right? And I, I wish that, man, I just... Waited on the Lord. It would have been so much better if I just waited on the Lord. The the it, it would be so good and 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 man, uh, yeah. Even in national ministry, I'm so glad. You know, when we started, it was it was under a, a joint partnership ministry, and so things were really slow. Things wasn't really working, and. You know, I was, I was, I just came back from from London. I knew that I, I just was asking God, what would you want me to do? I was in that ministry, but I didn't necessarily voice everything that I needed to voice to critique that ministry, if you will. Uh, but, but waited, waited, and 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 you know, as God's timing would, man, He He parted the sea, right, and and was be able to place you know, things in a way that it needs to be without having to offend and and create a scene and a problem for everyone, right? And then I was placed into into a position of leadership and I became the director of uh, the international ministry. And then I I got to, you know, kind of have freedom to do whatever that, you know, God has placed in my heart, you know, but that had to come through waiting, you know, and I could have like, man, you're not doing that right. <laughs> you're not doing that right. Why is that student's not? Why is that email not going out? And why is that this? You know, and man, it would have been very different, very different. Okay, so, so do not force a situation, or minister to happen, but wait, wait on the Lord. Um. And uh, and so verse two and three, we see that, uh, that that Nehemiah was afraid. I mean. You know, he prayed, but of course, you know, he's still a man. I mean, uh, when you are approaching a king that has the power and ability to put your life to an end, I mean, you'll be afraid, right? Uh, it's like, man, this is nothing but sorrow of hearts. <laughs> and he's like, wow. Um, he, but he waited on the Lord and, and he was able to give an, an honest assessment of where he's at. He's prepared. He's prepared, right? Psalm 27, verse 14 says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thy heart. Thine heart, Wait, I say, on the Lord. And, uh, and so so we need to know that. We need to, God to, again, this preparation to wait on the Lord is so key. So when when the time of fear would come into our life, when pressure would come into our life, we, it's already all in here. It's already all in here. And, and, and you would see that Nehemiah has been already thinking a lot of the plans up front because you see from verse 4 and verse 8 onward, he knows what he wants. He knows what he wants. In fact, uh, the king said, hey, uh, give me a timeline. Yeah, I got I got you. I got you. I got a timeline. You know, He got it because he's already been thinking all about it. Right? And, and, and uh, but we see that um, Nehemiah was able to answer that well, uh, well. And we see that the king gave mercy and favor to Nehemiah. Now, now so before I jump the gun too much, um, let, let's see the, um, uh, the answer here from verse uh, 3 and 4. This is Nehemiah. Uh, saying, you know, giving the respond and then the king's respond in verse four. Uh, okay, so and said unto the king, uh, let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulcher lieth waste and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? And I, I'm sure he said that with so, soberness, uh, with gravity and, and, and it captured the king's heart and God used that. Right, And so in verse 4, we see, Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make requests? Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> right? Man, that you know, so cool. Okay, but what's even cooler after that? Okay, if you read down. So I prayed to the God of heaven. <laughs> right on the spot when the king is like asking him, Okay, so what do you want? Right? What do you want? and 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 uh, nehemiah like oh shoot i don't know like should i go for the whole shebang like the whole burrito or do i get should i ask for like half burrito you know what i'm saying because like you better not like overdo it because the king might like man you're greedy out right so so you gotta know what to ask for and so so man he does he didn't know he didn't know so he's like oh man i I've been i I've i i have all this plan in my mind but should i go all the way or should i go halfway or i don't know i don't know so he prayed he prayed and we see his response that he he went for the whole enchilada okay that's the the whole whole story but but i want you to know key point number 7 our last key point before we we go out here is that we 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 can make plans you know that we can make plans you can dream you can make plans but 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 Maintaining communication with God, right, is the most important thing. Maintaining communication or or live a pure life or, you know, having that communication, that that fellowship, the abiding with him is the most important thing as you do ministry. Because you know what? Ministry requires a ton of decision making. And and many times you really don't know what you're doing. (laughs) You just don't, like, I don't know. I don't really know. What's the best solution? I just, I don't know. I, it's just uncharted territory. I, and there's so many things. I just don't have that foresight. And so we need to know, man, maintaining that relationship with God. It's like God was ready by Nehemiah's side. How cool is that, that picture, right? Like, uh, God, what, what should I say? it's almost like he's next to you all the way, bro. (laughs) Okay, let's go, right? And so, so Proverbs 16, verse one, the preparation of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord waiteth the spirits. Commit thy work unto the Lord and thy thought shall be established. You know, so uh, we need to know that right? The preparation of the heart is in in man. We can plan and all that, that stuff, but the answer is from the Lord and we need to seek the Lord because the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto your own understanding, right? In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. And so we really need to have that relationship where, you know, as Paul was saying, pray unceasingly. Right. And you know this. It's not like you have to, like, oh, all right, oh God, I have heaven. Oh, this God. You you we all know that. It's not about praying nonstop, but it's like you are right with God. You're right with God. There, your your conscience is clear. There's no iniquity in your heart that's hindering you from that relationship with God. And so you can always go, go to the throne room of God and ask him. And and just like James said right, earlier in his preaching. There's always that still small voice that will come. Do that. Do this. Uh, Don't talk to that guy. You know, and so on. And we we need that wisdom because, man, again, uh, it's so key. There's so many important decisions that we we need to make. Okay, so that is all for, for, for today. Uh, if you are a pastor or missionary, uh, you need to know that there's lunch next door here um, after this. And so I'm going to pray us out. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to go to Nehemiah chapter 2, and we're going to go part 2 on how to start a uh, ministry, an international ministry. And then the best, okay, the, the, the best Saturday morning, Brian Clark is going to preach to us on the gospel course. So you're definitely the one to miss that. Okay, can I pray us out before we go? Okay, let's pray. Uh, Father, we we thank you so much again for your word. Uh, Your word is so good and your word is enough. It's enough. And uh, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that uh, you never forsake us. You're always with us. You're God, Emmanuel. And Lord, I just pray that if anything, Lord, we just, we can take out of this is that you are with us And that we need to abide in you and we need to cling to you for every decision that we make. And Lord, you you have so much plans for every individual in this room. There's so many ministries that you want these individuals to start. And and Lord, I pray that we would do it the right way, the Jesus way. And uh, thank you that, that you have given all power. All power is given unto you and that we have that access uh, to be renewed in the mind, to be like you so that we can think like you, act like you, and be like you. And so, God, that's the desire of our heart. Uh, help, us, uh, help us with our flesh to, to put that aside and cast down every imagination and high any every uh, you know, thoughts that exalted its, uh, itself against you. Lord, any hindrance, Lord, please remove that. And help us to trust you more in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: We hope this message was a blessing to you. If you're interested in learning more about the Living Faith Fellowship, visit lffellowship.com.
1: God bless.